0: Welcome to Unlocking Moves, where we're going to cover the key decision points and pivotal moments that really change the trajectory of successful entrepreneurs and leaders. But I want to hear their real-life stories, not just the glory stories, but also the gory stories. Because as I like to say, the bigger the shit show, the bigger the listen. Speaking of stories, my guest today has a shit ton of stories on me because he's my older brother, Rolf. So, Rolf, as you know, we like to kick off each show with a, a question to throw you for a loop. Man, let's hear it, Kurt. All right. So, Rolf, you're a master promoter. I think no one would argue that. And if you reckon, uh, harken back to uh, February of 2020, you ran a promotion for Eureka Pizza where I could buy my lover a $1,000 pizza with decadent toppings, including 24-carat encrusted Kobe beef. It had a Madagascar vanilla poached lobster. It had Russian caviar and a bunch of other things. First of all, how in the hell did you come up with that idea? And second of all, did you sell any pizzas, Rolf?
1: Well, we never recommend buying the pizza for your wife and your girlfriend. So we started there that you should just choose one, and we typically recommend the wife. And uh, you know, 000, that's a thousand bucks—that's pretty cheap price for showing you love these days. And you know, it's kind of like you got the doctor-patient relationship with a. The pizza customer relationship is even stronger. We can't reveal any any data. We wouldn't want anybody you know snooping around to get anybody in trouble. But let me tell you, it, it was a heck of a pizza. If you didn't get it, you
0: missed out. <laughs> there you go. There's my brother, master promoter. So as you can hear today, my guest is my brother, Rolf Wilkin, who is a very successful entrepreneur in his own right. And he, I think he knows this, but he is the big inspiration for me becoming an entrepreneur. So it's great to have him. He, he uh, spent the last 30 plus years with Eureka Pizza, growing that into a Northwest Arkansas powerhouse. He's also got a, uh, a barter exchange called Local Trade Partners. And then recently, he's kicked off a new concept called Pop-Up, the original drink through. <laughs> and there's he's he's flashing his T-shirt, which is one of the flavors of their drink called the Gold Digger. So we want to talk about that for sure. Rolf, welcome to Unlocking Moves.
1: It is awesome to be with you, Kurt. I've been loving your podcast, loves your book, and uh, love you a lot. So I can't wait to have some fun with you today.
0: If you're just joining us on Unlocking Moves, today's episode is brought to you as usual by Hire Better, the strategic talent partner for growth-minded entrepreneurs everywhere. Well, we might tell a couple of childhood stories, which will, might get us in trouble, but we're, we're going to have some fun today for sure. So, Rolf, you've got a great story. You were a bartender for the Bengal in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in college. You've gone uh, at, through your 35 or so year career all the way up to really being a business icon in not just the Northwest Arkansas area, but all of Arkansas. Tell us a little bit about your journey and really any surprises along the way.
1: You know, I am the world's luckiest man here in beautiful Fayetteville, Arkansas, a you know, kid from LSU and Baton Rouge to, to find a home up here and have a family and you know, be a part of the community, you, you couldn't ask for anything better. So I was a student at LSU and really, I think it helped you, but I fell in with a bunch of entrepreneurs, including you know, our, our dear friend, Albert, Albert Peliche, and he inspired me to be an entrepreneur. And I think that might've inspired you a little bit, but we kind of started an early Facebook. We started a fraternity sorority phone book. And so uh, we didn't have the vision that you know Mark had, but we had vision though. And so we started that, but you know, Baton Rouge is pretty competitive and you were a student up here, loving Fayetteville. And so you made the mistake probably of inviting me up here and said, boy, we don't have anything like that in Fayetteville. So yeah, that's all I had to hear. I invited myself up. You're like, Holy crap. I moved 12 hours away to get away from my brother. And the, and the son of a gun is right here with me. So I came on up. I, I think I borrowed your car of all things. I had 500 bucks and uh, I just checked out Fayetteville what 88. So what a great place. I started my barter career by trading, of course, for a really cool studio apartment. It was actually a townhouse apartment, probably the best apartment I ever had, and uh, traded it. And then the guy assumed I was a junior rep for a little collegiate publishing company. And so I went with that. And then I sold a cold calling. And I'll tell you, anybody listening, if you want to get your start, maybe your kids, friends, man, cold calling, of course, that's just knocking on doors or walking right in and, and doing your pitch. And you get rejected a lot you, know, you always hear that's the way to you know find women to date too and so i don't know anything about that but yeah, I, I think the more you handle rejection, the better you handle business. So that's how I got my start, just cold calling for ads. I had one of the first Macintosh computers, did my own desktop publishing, and I was able to pull this off as a student at the other university, you know, 12 hours away. And I did that for a couple of years, ended up graduating. And I said, heck, I'm going to move to Fayetteville full-time.
0: So let's pause there for a second. You You—you got your career start. You, you really borrowed an idea from your friend, Albert Peliche in Baton Rouge. You went up to Fayetteville to do the same thing, a sorority fraternity phone book, and a coupon book, if I remember correctly, you knocked on doors, you were fresh into the into town, you didn't know anybody. So you basically created your own opportunity with 500 bucks and there. your brother's borrowed car. That's I want right. that on record, by the way.
1: Absolutely. So the coupon book was bigger for me than the Greek directory. You ended up doing the Greek directory. And so my coupon book went to all 14,000 students at, at, at a time. Uh, I take a lot of credit for what I've done to fable Now there's over 30,000 students. And that certainly happened after I got here.
0: There you go. Ralph Wilkin uh, uh, created the University of Arkansas, uh, doubled it in size.
1: Absolutely. No, more double now. So, um, but yeah, I did that. And then I stumbled into the pizza business. I went in to pitch an ad uh, to a company, King Pizza. And they said, man, we don't need this. We're shutting our business down. And, you know, I was always encouraging, always enthusiastic. I said, you got to be kidding me. You're a few blocks from the biggest university in Arkansas. Man, you got to give this a try and make it work. And they're like, we don't want to do it anymore. We're crushed. We're done. Stick a fork in this. And I said, you know, I had to buy this place. I said, you ought to. And so, you know, it's pretty easy to buy and negotiate when when you're broke. And so he threw out $40,000. And that was pretty obvious back then. That was way too much. And uh, I countered, I think, yeah, was it $7,000? No, no. You know, I countered at seven. He threw out 10. And we did the classic chainsaw, that beautiful baby in half. And for eighty five hundred dollars, I was suddenly in the pizza business in uh, in Fayetteville.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So you basically uh, bought a guy who was desperate to get out. Uh, you you took over his pizza. I think maybe even chain at the time. Definitely store. Uh, it's very similar to how I bought Higher Better. The, the founder was ready to, ready to to give it up, and and I didn't buy it for eighty five hundred dollars, but. Uh, Uh, Definitely resonates. So, okay. Now you're in the pizza business and uh, and that was 35 years ago. So I want to hear some more of your story, but let's pause. I want to go back to your marketing capabilities. As I said, you're a master promoter. You did a what I would call a, um, I'll call it a bullshit promotion for a thousand dollar pizza. But maybe you sold one or two. I'm not really sure. But you got some good press because I, I saw it in the Arkansas Business Journal and others. But you also did. You guaranteed uh, your your uh, your customers a, a win when Arkansas, who was very very lowly at the time, played Alabama, who was maybe undefeated for the you know ten years. You guaranteed Arkansas a win. And if I remember correctly, that got you a mention on ESPN. Tell me about that yeah, process. The Wall
1: Street Journal. We got a live commercial essentially on ESPN at halftime. And we were ahead of Alabama when that com- when the, the show uh, you know ran during the uh, halftime of the game. And uh, yeah, we were getting busy. It was gonna be a thousand pizzas we were given away. You know, we annoyed some people and made new friends at the University of Arkansas, but you know, I've been here longer than they have for the most part, and so we're all friends. And so I think we kissed and made up, but no, that was a great uh, that was great publicity. And we, we were raring to get those pizzas away. So yeah, it's always about getting attention, right? And they say money follows attention. So that's been kind of my uh, my angle with uh, my pizza business.
0: I love it. There's a, some promotional ideas for you entrepreneurs out there who are looking to try to do something, be creative, be uh, unique, be different. And Rolf did another promotion, which may have gotten him some hot water with the university. The university was installing a new field turf on the field and they were had a bunch of it sitting outside the stadium. And if I remember correctly, you took a big swath and cut them into one-inch chunks and sold them as part of your pizza promotion or something like that?
1: You know, Kurt, you and I are both Eagle Scouts, and we've always been a big part of the sustainability community. So <laughs> we hated seeing that stuff in the dumpster and so we just can't go to our landfill. And so we rescued it, and we said, you know, we you know, reuse or re, uh, reuse the product, right, or recycle it. And we thought reusing would be best, so we gave away genuine turf uh, a couple square inches at a time. Uh, that annoyed some people, but thrilled some people. Uh, you know, they uh, once people I think realized how harsh it was, they switched back to natural grass. So I think those players that had that sweet soft natural gas, natural grass, ought to, you know, maybe we had something to do with it. But yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun one too. That was uh man 2012 when Arkansas went to the uh, BCS sugar bowl and played ohio state
0: that's awesome so as you can tell rolf is a master promoter and he's also a little sarcastic with the uh you know saving the the boys with their, their injuries rolf i want to do my one dive into a childhood memory which uh, i i spoke with my sister yesterday we decided to go with this one so i hope you're okay i'm going to ask you now you've won awards ranging from Uh, 40 under 40, which I'm sure was many years ago. You've also won Young Entrepreneur. You were the Arkansas Business of the Year uh, uh, back a while back. So you've won many awards, but I'm going to go back to when you were, I'm going to guess around 12 years old. Now you're probably younger than that, probably call it eight years old. And uh, your family was on a vacation in the upper Midwest, driving through the state of South Dakota. And if I remember correctly, you were annoying the living shit out of your siblings and your parents. Your mom pulled over and said, if you don't stop it, I'm going to let you out of the car and make you walk. And if I recall... She puts you on the side of the highway and made you walk a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about that story and are you going through counseling right now still about that?
1: Well, you know, a key part of negotiation is you wanna feel out where the limits are, right? And that's really important, I think, as an entrepreneur. And so I doubt, in my mind, I was I was being hilarious and uh, I think my humor was probably a little advanced for the time. So dear my, my my sainted mother, I decided just to see where the limits are and I think we all do that the third rail and sometimes in negotiation we screw up, right? And so That was a classic case of screwing up, right? But I learned a lot from it. I think I'm a better negotiator. And uh, I think she came back after a couple hours there, you know, <laughs> and 103 uh Pete and picked me up and bought me an ice cream cone. So, so mom, I love you. And um, yeah, I learned a lot about negotiation from you. So, thank you.
0: (laughs) Uh, Just in case you were wondering, my mom didn't drive more than twenty feet away. But uh, he did learn a valuable lesson. And I love the fact that he said he learned how to negotiate and test those test those limits. That's a great life lesson, Ralph. Thank you for that. All right, let's switch gears. You've got two signs behind you. One is Eureka Pizza, which as I mentioned is a thirty-two or five-year business that you've been working on. And the second is a hat you've got called Pop Up, the original drink through. I wanna talk a little bit about Drink Through because I know it really feels like the culmination of a life's work for you. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing and how it came about and some of the your plans for the future?
1: Man, that, that's a great question. And and you wouldn't have one without the other, right? And I think when we look back on our lives, it really is your experiences that mold you. And and sometimes it can be discouraging when you're not headed in the direction you want to. And I think taking stock of your life and realizing what you have instead of what you don't have, I think is powerful. And that's what I discovered with pizza. We're in a crowded category. i have been a great life, 31 years now. And you're like, but I think I've got a lot of skills, right? I got a lot of scars and I can do something with this. And so we said, man, if we could create a new product category, which is, you really, it's hard to do, but it's, it's big when you do it. And so we decided to create the drink through category, and we and we do think we're the world's first drink through. So we've combined both brands of soda, Coke and Pepsi products, which you wouldn't believe how many people think that's like illegal. It's not, I can assure you. So both brands of soda, we've uh, created our own energy drink because we wanted it really perfect for customization, and then we've got our teas, we've got shakes, we've got chais, and we're having a really high end cookie baked by a local baker after thirty one years of bake. I didn't want to bake anymore. So we got the fun double drive through, you know, at least land for the first time, busy corner, beautiful Bentville, Arkansas, which is uh, 30 miles up the road or so. Uh, super busy corner, high traffic. This is week 13. We're very excited where we are. Uh, we've got just a great band of baristas that are just fun, fun folks and love their job. And we're open long hours. So 530 to 10 p.m. We already have these, get this 7,400 people in our rewards program. And we're getting like twice a day customers. So we love the frequency. We love the fun. We built in a tipping culture. So our baristas adore their job. And so that's what we're doing. Pop up drink through, hopefully coming soon to a busy corner near you.
0: Man. And that's awesome, Rolf. I know you've already gotten people reaching out to you, wanting to franchise, and you're really excited about that. Kudos to you. And man, uh, it's really fun to watch I love how you said that uh, what has uh, what you've done over the last 31 plus years has been really the foundation. And even though it's been a struggle, it's really formed who you are and what you are. So now you're able to take that and, and apply it to pop up. And it's just really exciting to watch. Really proud of you, man.
1: Thank you. I guarantee anybody listening right now, I don't care how old you are, young or old, it, the same thing that applies to you. It really is kind of the path God has put us on. And if you can take like your pain or your weaknesses or just the rough spots, I mean, I've had a great life. I'm not going to try to tell you I haven't, but you know, if you take that and if you can make it a, an asset instead of a liability, baby, you, you're going to go far. And, that, and that's what our goal is. And I think pop-ups gone a lot better because I've learned a lot. You know, I've been pushing the up uphill for a long time. So I've learned a lot of ways how to screw things up. So and
0: if I want I want to bottle what you just said, no matter what you've been through, the things, the scars, the wounds, the things you've been through have been formative for you. And it's really set you up for a great future. It's really the attitude that you have. If you have a positive attitude and use that to you and make it a strength, you're going to kick ass. If you wallow in it, you're going to be miserable. And so I love your positive attitude, Raul. Thank you. All right. So I want to switch gears again. Now I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I wrote a book called Who's Your Mike," uh, A No Bullshit Guide to the People You'll Meet on Your Entrepreneurial Journey. Each chapter is a different character or archetype of somebody that you've had. Somebody like uh, Mike, the title character, or Pipeline Paul, the big guy you bring in to save the day. Maybe Harry the Hustler, who's your sales guy, uh, turned sales leader. Tell me a little bit about your favorite character from the book and maybe you have another character to add based on your 31 year
1: journey. You know, I, I love all the characters. They really resonate with me and I think it's a great lesson for everybody. But oddly enough, I think the first epilogue I've ever read was yours. And that's what resonated with me. Well, basically, I think you're quoting yourself, but you you, you claim anonymity, is that really all the bullshit, all the problem, guess who? It, it's you, it's me. And so that's what resonated with me. And I, I think I've been pretty good about that. It's still a struggle every day, because you know we have pride. We don't wanna blame ourselves. But man, if, if you don't take responsibility, you can't fix the problem. And so that's what resonated with me was your epilogue that just said, I'm always the freaking problem. Right. And that's what it is. You know, my baggage I brought from Eureka Pizza said, how can I make pop up better? And then I realized wherever you go, there you are. And so you, you got to focus on that and say, man, I've got my strengths, but it's not like going to a new school as a kid, right? You want to be the cool kid. You say, how can I change what I was at my old school? hard to do, right? Because you're still yourself. But but yeah, I think if you look yourself in the mirror and you blame yourself most of the time, you can get better. But if you don't, you blame other people because you can't fix other people, right? You fix yourself usually.
0: Wow. So what Rolf's uh, talking about is the book is about uh, employees that you've had and about some of the challenges and opportunities with them, but I wanted to address, hey, man, we can have the best person ever come join your company, but you might be screwing it up every time because I've seen it so many times with my career. So we the epilogue is called When You're the Problem, and it's really it's teed up to be the next book in the series if there is a next book, if I have the, the courage to, to do it. Uh, but I'm glad you said that because uh, I am part of the problem for sure, and I've had many clients that are are part of the problem as well. So Rolf, we're at the part of the uh, show where we talk about your unlocking move. And that is, again, it's that key pivotal moment or decision point that changed the trajectory of your career. My hope is to inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs or leaders and how they can spot those opportunities and seize it rather than just sitting and letting it pass. Tell me a little bit about your unlucky move.
1: Yeah. And you, know, you look back and you look ahead and, and there's always so much opportunity. And, but you're, when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to see, but you know, mind was I get into the pizza business. I didn't know a damn thing about the pizza business. Right. But I was curious and I found just a bunch of old uh, pizza magazines. I blew the dust off the cover and started reading them. Yeah. I reached out to a fellow named Tom Lehman, the dough doctor for the American Institute of Baking. And I called this poor guy and I, I think he regretted ever answering his phone. You know, when we celebrate our 25th anniversary, he wrote me a letter to, to congratulate me. And he goes, Rolf, you were my first successful coaching client. And you go, every afternoon the phone would ring. I knew it'd be you. And all you did was ask questions. I said, Man, you know, I've told my kids since they were in kindergarten, you know, the only stupid question is the question is that you don't ask. And I, I think that was my lucky move. And so I went to a seminar, learned how to make pizza dough, met a guy in Texas. In Temple, that was killing it, crushing the pizza business back in '92. Uh, I immediately became his little brother, and you know, wormed my way underneath his little wing. And uh, I started uh, doing some of his stuff. And unlike my move. We started crazy stuff: buy one, get two free. And that's how we put ourselves on the map. So that was one great unlocking move. And I'd say the next epic one is really coming up with pop-up saying, "You know what." I can just be another coffee shop, I can be a soda shop, but if you can create a new category, maybe that's where people get excited in. And to see it come to fruition, three years, I I installed a full laboratory in my office, and we studied this for three years at every drink. We took nothing for chance. Time and motion study. We mocked it up. We hired top top branding firm, uh, Verdon Studios, architects. And we said, how are we going to do this differently than from Eureka Pizza? So I'd say those are my two unlocking moves, but there's a lot of them in between. It's like a sandwich, right? Two big slices of bread, but man, there's a lot of meat in between there. You know, if you want to grow in life, you reach a point when you realize nobody's thinking of you at all because they're only thinking of themselves. So remember, in college, you wanted to ask that question, you know, any school situation, any situation. And you go, "Ah, they're going to think I'm stupid if I ask that question. So if you can just say, I don't give a crap to think I'm stupid. I just want to know. You're going to have 10 people go, I didn't know that either. Right. And one percent of the time, somebody's going to go, wow, you're an idiot. But 99 percent of the time you're going to get it. So that's the key thing is, is asking questions and don't care what, trust me, nobody thinks about you at all. And even it's worse than in, in, in Instagram age, right? We're just thinking of ourselves. So if you just ask questions and don't care what people think, you, you can move ahead. That's I how love it.
0: Move. The only stupid question is a question that you don't ask. I love it. All right. The other thing is you mentioned this guy in Temple and I happen to know his name, but you didn't mention his name. Do you want to give him a shout out on the show? Yeah, Ed Cook. Ed, Ed Cook. And the name of his, his pizza store at the time? Was... Well,
1: I'm not sure if it's still there. It was there a few years ago. Uh, Fast Eddie's, he got out of the pizza business a long time ago and moved uh, to Colorado. I think he was in the banking business. I, I lost track of him, but it was a great guy and uh, man, just uh, a great promoter too. And uh, he, he taught me a lot of things. And so that's the other thing I just, uh, I just need to learn. Right. And I think it's easier now with the internet, but it's actually harder. Right. Cause we all look stuff up, but you know, it's still to travel to different markets and and see what business you're in. If you're in the food business, pizza business, go to Denver and look at somebody's in, in the pizza business, right? But I, I think that's a great way to, to to grow your business and grow your mind is to to travel and to be curious.
0: Man, I'm going to say mentors is a big theme of today's call. You've mentioned three of them, Albert, Tom, and Eddie. So uh, thanks for that. All right, Rolf. So I consider myself the listener's advocate. I want to ask, if I got Rolf Wilkin in front of me, what kind of questions do I want to ask him? And I, I really reflected on this question. I had a, a basic question I was going to ask, which was something about advice you'd give to aspiring entrepreneurs. But if I'm really honest, I want to know, give me some dirt on Kurt.
1: Oh, let's say I've always I, I, I've admired you for a very long time. Probably well before you thought I admired you, but you've always been somebody who brings people together. And I guess that's really you know a true salesman or what a broker brings a buyer and seller together. You've always been without guile or without you know the profit motive when it's not appropriate. Is is a peacemaker, and probably because you, your older brother annoyed the shit out of you, right? But as a peacemaker, so that's when I think probably people know it. But let me tell you, I saw it start. You know, uh, as a little guy, and then also smart and also persistent as heck and doing crazy things. You know, you s- went out and sold encyclopedias door to door. You sold, um you sell knives? I don't think you sold knives, but I didn't sell yeah, knives. I, I did I, sell a
0: uh, Greek directory. I, I, I've sold yeah, uh, uh, snow cones.
1: So I love a story from Kurt is when you're selling encyclopedias, you know, I always say this to kids, you know who buys, and they only know what encyclopedias are, right? So you have to tell them. And is it the big house or the trailer park? Who's buying them? And then almost everybody says, oh, it's the big house because they're expensive, 1,000, 2,000 plus dollars. And you told me a story. It's like, man, they're aspirational in the modest house. And the rich guy says, oh, I don't need that crap. The kids can go to the library. This is all crap. But the poor guy says, holy cow, this could be the ticket to unlock my kid's education. I am going to sacrifice and buy, you know, three, four feet of books for shelf and spend a few thousand bucks. So that's what I don't think people know about you.
0: Rolf, so where else can we find uh, out about Rolf or Eureka Pizza or Pop-Up?
1: Well, obviously, you know, the internet's a great place to go. Uh, drinkpopup.com. You can see what we're up to there. And then of course, EurekaPizza.com. And so our goal is we're about to start working on location number two. Uh, man, I've been, I've got a lot of money invested, but I've kept my sanity by just it's an experiment, right? And so it's an experiment. So we're week thirteen. We're figuring out labor. You know, we've kind of cracked the recruiting puzzle, and so I think we're going to get close to uh, building location number two, and then we're going to look for opportunities to uh, to, to grow it. But uh, I, I think it is a unique category, and uh, people are, are are loving it. And uh, yeah, I think we got wings on this one.
0: So I had some friends that drove by your location a few weeks ago and they said the line was down the street. Like what's how many what's the biggest number of cars you've had in your line that you think so far?
1: Well, you know, we've decided I am a promoter and I've decided my future is not as a promoter, it's as a brander. And I think branding over time, branding is more important now. In 2023 than it was in 1992, so now we're so inundated with information, we we can't just get a sales pitch from somebody, right? You need to trust the brand. We have so much stuff, so you go to Amazon, you know, you, you need a brand. You go to the, you know the grocery store, it's a brand, and so that's what we built with Pop Up. So we decided not to do price promotions, but you know, when you're new, you still remember money follows attention. So how do we get attention? So. Man, I came with this like two weeks before the longest day of the year. So our summer solstice, we did 50% drinks all day long. And so that was our busiest day. I was hoping to have a drone. You got to have a drone, right? But unfortunately, we're too, too, uh, near two airports. So the FAA would not give us clearance for the drone flight. But my gosh, we have cars. We handled it incredibly. So we feel really feel comfortable with our ability to like triple our business. We, we know we have the capacity and it's just, you know, it's just one customer at a time, one drink at a time. It was just like pizza. It's one pizza at a time. You can overcomplicate it. You can feel sorry for yourself or just go out with a smile and sell one more drink.
0: Well, I know you're getting a lot of attention with, with pop-up. So check it out at drinkpopup.com. So Rolf, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, is this your opportunity to give me whatever, uh, whatever you want?
1: I love your podcast. I think you're doing a great service. Uh, And there's a lot of podcasts out there, right? But yours stands out and and most of them really suck because, you know, it's a talent to do this and most people don't have it. And so when you told me you were doing this, I knew you were going to do it right. But man, have I been pleasantly surprised at, you know, you keep it zippy and fun and you move on and you keep it clipping. And so uh, I think it's awesome. And I think your book, I know you spent a lot of time on it and I think it really is a classic business book. You know, um, I, I think, I think you can get better better by doing this because you are going to meet these people. Trust me, you're going to meet people. And it's pretty fun to look back on your life and go, whatever happened to this guy, you know? And, you know, one thing I found too, I don't care who you are, pride motivates everybody. And you can have the roughest person ever, you know, your pizza cook, that when his pride or her pride is wounded, man, they they would almost give up their lives to get it back. And I think that's really what's motivating everybody is like pipeline Paul, That that, that pipeline is so important to him. So I think if you read these archetypes, and read these characters, and realize what's motivating each one of them. But you gotta have a bullshit detector, right? If you don't, that's when you you, you fall into all that. But I think if you always tune up your bullshit detector, and then remember pride uh, is driving you, you're gonna love
0: who Man, you uh, That's, by the way, that's the nicest thing my brother's ever said about me, so uh, thank, <laughs> thank you story. very much. Hey, on that note, we're gonna wrap this puppy up. Please go like and subscribe on YouTube, and please give us a five-star rating on on, uh, Spotify or Apple, wherever you consume your podcast. Rolf, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate you more than you know. Thank you so much.
1: I love the opportunity, Kurt. See ya on on the podcast.
0: If you're an entrepreneur and you think you might've outgrown a member of your team, or maybe you've got a mic, as we talked about in Who's Your Mic? Check out this quiz at whosyourmic.com slash quiz. That's who's your slash quits.